Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. Hey, God bless you. The Lord's favor, grace, Blessing be upon all of you in in the name of Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, I got a good scope I want to talk to you today about, but it's geared honestly towards those of you that are senior pastors and leaders over churches. I want to bless you with an idea that the Holy Spirit gave me a couple of uh, minutes ago um, and something that I need to implement in my church. But I wanted to throw it out there for you so that way. Those of you that are uh, looking to restructure the new membership class of your uh, congregation, I want to talk to you today about that and see if you could restructure it uh, in such a manner uh, that way uh, some of the things that we're going to talk about today uh, does not befall you in your ministry 18 to two, 18 months to two years after people join your congregation. Amen, 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 amen. Listen, God bless you. The Lord's favor be upon all of you in Jesus' mighty name. Okay, this message is towards my pastors and leaders and uh, educational directors of mega churches, congregations, fellowships, Bible studies, small groups, home services, home churches, uh, Bible studies at your job, whatever the case may be, if you're overseeing uh, what would be considered a church or a group of believer where people see you as their spiritual covering or the go-to person or their guide, um, and if you are fostering an environment, if you're fostering an environment that is producing a community of believers um, in your church that requires you to have and to initiate new membership class, then this is going to be a blessing for you. First and foremost, let me share and say this for those of you that are pastors and would be pastors is you don't know. People's fundamental beliefs until years later when you really get to know them. Did you catch what I just said? You would be shocked at the belief systems of the people, the very people you pastor that is in there, um, in their biblical worldview. You would be shocked at the error and the ignorance that is in them that you presuppose would not be there, you'd be shocked at the superstitious, erroneous, unbiblical views that people have uh, on secondary doctrines because those particular topics have not come up. They have not come up. 
Why? And I'm going to tell you why. Because most of the time when people join our congregation, we spend an enormous amount of time preaching and teaching to them our vision. And we spend the other half of that time trying to maintain people to keep going with the vision. And you, and you will find that, uh, that until they are challenged doctrinally or a situation arises within the congregation that you begin to find out what people really believe about some of the things that you thought that they knew that they did not know. Now, what I am proposing to you that are listening to me, especially if you are a pastor, and it's this, is I believe that there needs to be a reevaluation of the new membership classes and courses that we offer non-members before they join our congregation. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'd be a hypocrite to say that I'm doing this in my church. This idea just came to me uh, about an hour ago, and I said, you know what? I'm going to release this online so I can help some of my pastor friends. I love outside of deliverance. I love dealing with the topics that help pastors, especially young emerging pastors of bona fide congregations. And it's this. All right. Most new membership courses, without a shadow of a doubt, because I have them in my church. I have a six-week course. These six-week courses are usually tailor-made to the fundamental Elementary doctrines of Christ, which normally if you're a good Bible sound church that teaches good doctrine, you're going to base your new membership class. Most of you are going to base it over Hebrews chapter six, where the apostle that penned the book, he began to break down six fundamental doctrines, six elementary doctrines. And what's crazy is uh, the laying on of hands is actually in there as well. Um, but uh, most churches usually have six classes for their new membership class. Now, here's what I've learned is that everyone who joins your church agrees with those six before they join your church, because no church would embrace you as a member of that local uh, church, not congregation, because there's a big difference between congregation and church. Church means you're part of a community of believers that are knit under the same fellow, fellow ship, a ship headed in the same direction, pushing the vision that God gave the man and woman of God over that house. All right. Now, when I watch this, most people uh, would not receive anybody to their fellowship who does not agree um, with those six fundamental beliefs, you must believe Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. The Bible is the inerrant, infallible word of the living God. We believe in heaven. We believe in hell. We believe in the second coming of Christ, you know. Uh, but when it gets to tribulation, post-trip, present trip, uh, pre-trip, that's where things get wacky. That's where things get really, really, really strenuous. Now, why? Because here's what I need to tell you, that most people, uh, most people uh, don't uh, really emphasize this is secondary doctrines, secondary, thirdly, fundamental doctrines do matter. Now, I know we love saying it's all about Jesus. Well, it's all about Jesus, but I speak in tongues. You're going to have a hard time joining my church um, and you don't believe in speaking in tongues. You're just going to be, you're going to feel really left out. You see what I'm saying? And I find it hard. 
I'm not going to say I couldn't do it. But I find it hard to fellowship in a church that thinks when I do my ikorobo shanda that it's gibberish. I'm not even going to go to I'm not even going to waste my time. I ain't going to your church. If you think that when I go, you think it's gibberish and kundalini and foolishness and, you know, and, you know, I'm not even going to go to your house because I'm not going to be there in the middle of intense worship. And you're looking at me saying, Lord, deliver my brother because he's in gibberish. I'm not going. I'm not even going to waste your time. And I'm not even going to, and you're not going to waste my time. Now, what, what, why am I sharing this? Why am I sharing this? Why? Because sometimes we don't know people have those belief systems inside of them until eight months later, you start your, you start doing that in a service because you get inspired, pastor. And then that one or two brother go, oh, I didn't know the pastor was, oh, no, that's gibberish. Did you catch it? Why? Because maybe speaking in tongues during a preaching is maybe not your norm, but the Holy Ghost come on you on that Sunday. Don't you love it when the Holy Ghost, I get excited thinking about it. That Sunday, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You start preaching and you start. Oh, 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 oh. And now they're like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? What's going on here? And now you are on this sensational, uh, borderline Calvinist reform, slightly reformed theology, angelican, you know, if, you know, whatever. And they're like, mm. and you're, and while you're preaching and you're expired, you're saying yourself, and let me just share a secret with you. Pastors, you know how we do. We be thinking while we're preaching because we're looking at people. And when they're like this, even though you're like, ah, and you're getting it in, you're also thinking, why are they not getting into it? Why are they not getting into it? What am I saying? Am I boring them? You know, the truth of the matter is, they had that belief inside of them before they join your church. This is what I'm saying. And you didn't know it was there because your good little Bible school, like my Bible school said, Jesus is the common denominator. A, Jesus is the entry point of our fellowship. He is not our common denominator. You must agree with all three functionings and persons of the Godhead for us to have real fellowship. Because I don't care if you do believe in Jesus, but if you don't believe in the Holy Ghost, we got a problem here. We got a problem here. If you don't believe the Holy Spirit is still for today, we got a problem. Because there are three that bear record on the earth. The Spirit, the water, and the Word. We, there must be an agreement to all three persons of the Godhead. Don't give me that. It's just about Jesus stuff. This ain't Hillsong. Don't give me that Jesus at the center of it all stuff. No, Jesus is the door. Jesus is the door. Jesus allows our fellowship to be legal and real. But, but we must agree with, with the Father. The Father and the Son and, the, and all three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the, the water and the blood. Did you catch it? Did you catch it? Now watch this. Watch this. 
Pastor, if you don't, if you don't begin to find what people believe systems are, you will have Freemason, Freemasons and a bunch, bunch of Eastern star women joining your congregation, giving their biggest tithes. Want to know why? Because Freemasonry allows you to believe whatever you want to believe. It is a universal uh, is a universal belief system, which means you can be Muslim and Mason. You could be, you could be Christian and Mason. You can be a Hindu and Mason. You can be a Luciferian and Mason. You see what I'm saying? It's all, it's all relative and inclusive. It's inclusive. So here they are. Here they are with their frats and their tattoos and their and their their frats, their frats and their tattoos and their blindfolds, talking about putting their hand on stuff and 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 they're on your core staff and they love the Lord. And watch this. They genuinely are Christian and love the Lord. And then for Halloween, you start preaching anti-occult. And anti-divination and anti-stuff. And now you start seeing foolishness. You start seeing some. So what is my proposition? Very, 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 very simple. I believe that we need to restructure our new membership classes. Listen to me. See what I'm saying? The new membership classes and also add an extra one or two classes to address things like false cults. Because you'll be shocked, even people in my congregation. I got a good little, you know, 150 to 250 people, you know, and I'll be shocked that sometimes at how Catholic they really do be acting. You know, I preach good doctrine in my house. I preach hell in my house. And I am shocked at the people in my house who will say their family member is in heaven knowing their family member died in sin. There's no way around it. You die in sin. You are going to hell. There's no way around it. I would never say there was a good person. I'll see you in heaven if I knew they, got, if I knew they died lost. But there's a lot of people. Even in my house, family members be dying and they be just see you in heaven. Now, what's crazy is they're going to heaven because they're Christian. But their family members are not. Their family members are not going to heaven. Whoever, and let me say this here right now. Whoever dies without Christ as Lord of their life and are living a life of being crucified and carrying your cross. In obedience to God's perfect will, you're not going to heaven, period. There's no way around it. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And nobody comes unto the Father but by me, 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 which means exclusive. By faith alone, in Christ alone, by grace alone. Christ, Christ Christ is the only way. I'm not talking about this commercialized, another Jesus that's being preached out here. I'm talking about the real, the real Jesus of the Bible. The God man, God manifested in the flesh. Not just son of God, God himself and his blood is the only means by which a sinner can plunge their filth and stains.
What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You'll be shocked that a lot of people that join our houses don't know that. They believe that gospel is fivefold deliverance. You know, let me just share with you quickly. Deliverance is not the gospel. And trust me, I'm the deliverance guy. Deliverance is not the gospel. The early church did not preach deliverance. They preached the resurrection. They preached the resurrection. I don't go around preaching deliverance. I go around teaching deliverance. Very big difference, but I preach one message. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay, okay, watch this. All right, now watch this. Now, now watch this. You'd be shocked at the people whose only Christian experience is your church. Listen, and what I have found is that you and I only preach topics that interest us. Sometimes we could go a whole year preaching on topics that interest the pastor and pushing the vision and success in life. And amen. Amen. <laughs> Nothing wrong with preaching that. And then the people that get saved in our house tend to believe that that's the gospel and that's church. Just loving God. Loving God is not the gospel. Loving God is the byproduct of the gospel. The gospel is repent of your sins, believe in the death, burial, and resurrection, and the result of that is you will be sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, and then you will love God with all of your heart, soul, and strength. You see what I'm saying? Okay, watch this. All right, watch this. Look at this. Look at this. We need, pastor, we need to include in your new discipleship classes and new membership classes for your church is secondary doctrines that do matter. They matter to God and they matter to the health of your church. They matter. Let me give you an example. If, if, let's just say if, if, let me, let me give you an example of some topics that really should be included in new membership class. The fivefold. There are a lot of people that join churches, you know, that don't believe in apostles for today. Their pastor's an apostle and they can't even call their pastor apostle. They'll say pastor. Like you'd be shocked at the amount of people who are so fearful to even call somebody an apostle because they've been trained, you know, uh, that there's no apostles for today. And their pastor's an apostle. Everybody calls their pastor apostle and they say, hey, pastor, you know, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. You name it. Here's another one. Uh, spiritual father and mother. Listen, about four years ago, when spiritual father first started being perpetuated online, I was around for that time. People were leaving churches that embrace spiritual father. I had one family leave my church many years ago because my church transitioned from pastor to People calling me pops or dad or, you know, one couple was like, uh, Jesus said, call nobody a father on the earth for you have only one father in heaven. I am telling you, this person and this family was so literal about that red letter in Matthew chapter six that they 
left the house. Once our house started transitioning from being non-denomination to being kingdom and developing a culture of organic relationship, uh, they bounced. Talking about that Pagani that embraced a false doctrine. You need to let people know that that's the lingo and that's the cultural, uh, that's the cultural, uh, belief system of your house before people join. That way they're not freaking out because they're in a group full of people. We're all hanging out at IHOP or Cracker Barrel and everyone is saying, Hey mom, hey dad. And then they're like, uh, let me tell you something. If you don't address the spiritual father thing, they will walk away and say your house is a cult. My house got called a cult maybe about seven years ago. We got called a cult. Right now, people call Stevenson's church a cult. We were Stevenson's church seven years ago. They called my house a cult because people were genuinely excited about being in our house. And people were like, nobody's that happy to be inside a church. People, Listen, I know this is beating a dead horse. And I'm preaching to the choir here. Listen to me, Pastor. Listen to me, pastor. You'd be surprised at what people really believe. You need to let people know what your house also believes. You'd be shocked. You don't want a bunch of Calvinists joining your church because you preach good. Let me give you an example. Like if you, today was your first day watching me, you'd be, you, I guarantee you, you'd say, yo, this pastor with the beard, man, he's solid in the doctrine. Because I just preached maybe about 10 minutes ago, fundamental, what we call the fundamentals, bang, 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 bang. And then you get to my house and then I'm all about this. And you're like, what the heck is, what happened to you on Facebook? You was talking that doctrine stuff. What happened? Did you, did you catch what I just said? People need, when they join your house, you need to let them know things you believe in that are embraced in your house and don't be fearful. To tell them, I'll give you two. I'll, I'll give you two in my house. One, you can't be a member of my house and you don't tithe. I don't care what nobody says. Go ahead and get mad. I will give you permission to act up in the chat room. Go ahead and say it. You know, you cannot join my house in a membership and be a member of my house and you're not tithing. Why? Because we're, we're pushing the vision together. You can't be a member of my house and not tithe. You got to tithe in my house. You're going to join my house, you must tithe. Now, if you can't, I don't curse you. You're not going to be cursed for not tithing. I teach that too. I tell people up front. If you can't do it, you can't do it. But if you're, you know what I'm saying? If you're in my house, you're not going to join my house and just be like, thank you, brother, because it's for Jesus. It's free. And just give handshakes and attendance. Oh, no, you're going to give some of this up. Why? Because this stuff, this stuff costs money. And, uh, and if you're part of the church, the culture and the tribe and the community of people that believe in this vision, you're going to have to get up that 10%. I still tithe. I don't tithe to my house. I tithe outside my house. Did you catch it? Let me give you a second one. Let me give you I, And I tell people at the, at the new membership class, that, that's one thing I say I do tell people. <laughs> oh, brother, that's being religious. Okay, it's being religious. Find another church. I'm cool with it being religious. In my house, that's law. <laughs> Don't join my house if you're not going to be able to tithe. I'm just telling you, you could be a member of the congregation. You could fellowship. I love you. We'll let you flow in the gifts and whatever God gave you. But don't say the name of my church. You don't have the authority to carry our name 
if you're not tithing. You can say you attend our church, but don't carry our name if you're not tithing. And you don't have to agree with me. Tithing gives you the authority to carry our name. I'm H-I-R-T. Here's what's the tabernacle. Amazing church. <laughs> Glory. Here's the second one, Pastor. I'm going to give you one, but you need to square away with this stuff in new discipleship class. Here's the second one. Watch this. 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 This, is, this is really, really, really good stuff. In my house. In my house. In my house. In my house, I have tiers of leadership. All right, I have four tiers of leadership. I base my vision off of the four living beings. I have the ox team, I have the eagle team, I have the man team, and I have the lion team. The, the ox team are my workers. I base my vision off of Revelation chapter four. That's how I run my church. I run my church in force. I have my ox, my team ox. These are my workers. These are the people that push the vision. You know what I'm saying? These are the, these are all the workers. Then I have the man team. The man team are the people that help me develop the character of my house, the holiness of my house. They, they help develop the character of the people, which means they monitor Facebook and all of that stuff, you know, cause you know, you ain't gonna be a mama in my house and actually talking foolishness. You know what I'm saying? Online or whatever. Okay. We deal with character stuff. Okay. The third, the third group is my lion group. My lion group, they, their primary focus is the roar. The roar is they perpetuate the sound of my house, the sound of my house. They push hard. They market hard. I have no problem telling you I over market my church. I over promote it. Everyone in my house over promotes it. We push, we push, we push, we push, we push online everywhere. I push deliverance. We believe in marketing, t-shirts, paraphernalia, hats, all of that stuff. HRT this, HRT that. We promote the sound, which means my lions sound like me. Then I have the eagles. The eagles are the ones that see. They see far further. The eagle eye group. These are the ones that run the bad boy with me. We make decisions together. All right. Now watch this. You cannot be part of my core, my core staff of my lions and eagles if you're not my spiritual son or daughter, no one can join that group if they have another spiritual father from another ministry. Or I don't allow people to join high levels of leadership in my house and you're the spiritual son and daughter of someone else. I'm not trying to hear that. Not in my house. I'm not going to be dealing with, I'm not going to be dealing with my daddy don't believe that. And then everything we say here, you go and tell your spiritual father, the devil is a liar. But you can serve in my house. I'll let you preach. I'll let you flow in the gifts. I will let you be part of certain things. I'll let you oversee some one or two things. You'll be helping out. But when it comes to making, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to making the, the, the decisions up on the top, up making the decisions up on the top that that require us to collectively get a sound yes or no because I'm not surrounded by yes people uh I'm not going to try to hear this you know your dad is someone else I don't care <laughs> I tell people nope uh in this house I'm papa of this house and then after papa is heavenly father I I tell people the truth I run this here Jesus runs it, and then after Jesus, me and my wife run this. Right here in this house. Period. Uh, and we run it together with the people that love, that love the house because Abraham did not take the servants to go get locked. He took the sons and daughters born in his house. You cannot do warfare with servants. They will pick and they will put a letter of resignation and they will leave. You do warfare. 
sons and daughters. Give me, let me share something with you. I let people know that before they join and they have the choice to still, I'm their pastor. I'm not saying I can't be their pastor, but I'm not their father. And if I'm not, if we are not father, I will listen to what you have to say. But when it comes to this, when it comes to Noah and Japheth and Shem, baby, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I'm not hearing it and I'm not even hiding it. And neither should you, neither should you. Now watch this. It's not fair that people find that out in the end. You need to tell people in the discipleship class this is how we do this here. Did you catch it? So what am I proposing? And I'm out of your way, guys. I'm giving you hard body examples. You don't have to agree. All right. My church is not a church. My church is a family that happens. And we have a church in it. Very different. I don't do that universal non-denominationalism where everybody's equal. Everybody's not equal. Everybody's not equal. in the kingdom. Jesus said greater and lesser. He that's least in the kingdom is greater than John. So in the kingdom, there is least and there's greater. There's rank and there's order. All right. Did you catch it? Did you catch it? All right. Let me throw Let me throw out another one. Let me throw out another one. And I see this a lot in my, I see this a lot in my my white brothers churches, my Caucasian churches. I don't know what it is, but my white brothers, they can't call people by their title. I don't know what it is. They can't do it. They can't do it. My mama taught me better than that. My mama taught me to say, true story. My family raised me to call people, sir. Yes, ma'am. Mister by their last name, uh, by their office, by their title. Um, even when we're hanging out, even when I'm hanging out with my even if I'm hanging out with somebody that's cool, that's a pastor or whatever, I would never call them by their first name. I don't know what it is, but my white brothers, they, you, you guys got an issue with that, man. And I love you, and you, but you know what I'm saying is right. You guys be, hey, Bob. Hey, Alex. How you doing, Alex? Like, what? What? And then it, and it what's crazy is they be like, no, it's not about, it's not about the titles. Oh, really? Funny how it's a double standard over there. You know how I know it's a double standard? Let your son call you by your first name, your real son. Oh, titles don't matter. Then let your children call you. Hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. <laughs> Did you catch what I just said? My mama would slap fire out of me. If I ever say, hey, Nancy. My mom would slap me and bust my lip with her graduation ring. Literally, kapow. Let me dare even say, hey, Nancy, how you doing, Nancy? You know, hey, mama. Hey, ma. Hey, ma. Actually, to this day, I call my mom's mommy. And she's a member of my church. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know, but you'd be shocked. People join churches. They join a church. And they don't know that. They don't know that. You know what I'm saying? And here you are pastoring your church and they're like, hey, Robert. And you're like, and everybody, everybody around them is like, whoa. You, you can hear a pin drop with that. You know, everybody's like, oh. <laughs> Let you call me Pagani in my house. What? My daughters? Listen, my guys in my church are nice. My daughters, my spiritual daughters of my mess around and call me Pagani in my house. 
<laughs> my spiritual daughters will yoke you up in the corner and be like, uh, don't you dare call him by that. You call him apostle or you call him pastor. Like, you know, people don't know. You need to make people know and understand that so they're not feeling weird at Olive Garden because everybody's calling you dad or mom and they're like, this is a cult. All of that can be eliminated, my friends. I'm out of here. Is if you include in your new membership class some of these things that actually do matter. They do matter. They do matter. And I want to encourage you, pastor, a future pastor, when you put together your new discipleship, new membership class, you need, you need to include things that you believe that are secondary, fundamentals to the fundamentals. So that way people, seven months from now, they're getting offended because everybody blasted them because they called you Frank. And next thing you know, five people text them and say, don't you, why are you calling him Frank? Why are you calling him Frank? And they're like, yo, I didn't know. I didn't know. And then they leave the church. They leave the church. And if they don't understand that stuff, they'll walk away saying you're a cult. Like, man, they got a cult going on there. And that's another thing I need to address. And I'll address that in 2019. We need to stop with calling churches, calling churches cults that people are excited to attend. Sometimes people are just happy to attend their churches, man. And they promote their churches hard and they're not a cult. They're just happy to be a member of that church. All right? Listen, the Lord's favor, grace, and blessing be upon all of you. In the name of Jesus, may God's blessing be on overflow over all of you. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.